following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Well, good morning and welcome to the Retirement Clinic live in studio. Jeff Kowal is here. What an honor, Jeff. Just you and I doing the show. It's been a while. An honor. Yeah, it is fun doing the show with you. It is fun. And of course, the the listeners, you're a big part of it. If you have questions throughout the show, I'll just say it right now. Text us or call us on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That number is 414-799-1130. Boy, we got a busy show today. In fact, we'll be joined by your son, the president of the Kowal Investment Group, Aaron Kowal, with the boss segment. We're we'll joined later on by Aaron Spitzner, and he's got a special segment but jeff this show you you talked about a special uh your your market updates we should mention monday through friday three o'clock five o'clock news blocks that's right which we give you one minute on what's going on in the market that particular day and it's been a wild ride lately um mostly downward of course the last four out of five weeks i think now it's five out of six weeks the markets have been uh down it's a difficult time um the the when is the market going to recover? We'll talk a little bit about that. When are we going to hit bottom? We'll talk a little bit about that as well. We'll also talk a little bit about uh, retiring during a recession and how does that look. And uh, so we'll talk about that today as well. But yes, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks right in the middle of the Mark Belling late afternoon show. We give you one minute what's happening that day, if it's a government report, if it's corporate earnings, uh, if it's Fed raising rates, whatever is affecting the market that particular day, we wrap it up with so what? How does it apply to you in your life? Right. And uh, Dow, S&P 500, and NASDAQ, all in one minute, 305, 305 and then the 5 o'clock news block, whenever that happens to be. Which is usually like 5.30. Yeah. So yesterday at the beginning of the Friday afternoon show, Dan O'Donnell was hosting, and your market update ended with teasing the show. Jeff's going to be in tomorrow to talk about retiring in a recession or you know in a bad time, correction, bear market. There's so many words out there, but Dan opened by responding to that and goes, oh, that sounds like an uplifting thing. And then he said, also something that you should be very concerned about. Now, Dan's not near retirement. Dan's a younger guy. Right. For those people that are on the verge of or at planning that retirement, maybe the next year or two, those people are a little bit concerned would be the word. There are things that you have to do and that you can do. If you retired at the beginning of this year and saying, geez, my account is down 10%, 15%, 20% or more, did I make a mistake? What happens now? So we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to start the show with that. Um, but there also are things that, again, you mentioned, Dan, or, or yourself, where you're years away from retirement. Are, they, are there things you should be doing now? So we'll talk about that as well. Let's start with just a little bit about the market because it dropped. You know, it was down uh, more than 750 points. I think it was down over 800 points. It ended down. Uh, the Dow was down over 400 points yesterday. Uh, it was down 20% since its high point. S&P 500 is down about 22% from its high point. And NASDAQ is down 30%. So that is definitely bear market territory. Uh, there was uh, an article in the Wall Street Journal, and I'm just going to talk a little bit about the market, where it says that the stocks historically don't bottom out until the Fed eases. So what does that mean? Well, and, they've already, and they haven't eased. They have announced that they're going to continue to raise rates at least through the end of the year. So does that mean 
it's, I think we're in for a rough ride between now and the end of the year. We might get a little bit of a bump around the election, um, especially if it looks like it's going to go the right way. Um, we might get a little bump there. We, you know, regardless of the economy, uh, parents, grandparents still spend money like crazy on their kids. You know, oh. when they're young, so they're gonna. We're likely to get a Santa Claus rally with retail stocks, but Christmas, um, yeah. But um, you know, another week of whipsaw, and it just says, um, uh, "This is again a Wall Street Journal article." Going back to 1950, the S and P 500 has sold off at least 15 percent on 17 occasions, and in the last 100 years, we've had 11 times where it's sold off more than 20 percent. So this was said at least 15 percent. According to research by Vicki Chang, a global market strategist at Goldman Sachs, on 11 of those 17 occasions, the stock market managed to bottom out only around the time the Fed shifted towards loosening monetary policy again. Uh, getting, to, getting to that point may be painful. It says the S&P 500 has fallen 23% to 2022. Market's worst start to a year since 1932. Um, and again, the Fed may have just gotten started, so they they uh, had a 75 basis point, 0.75% is what they rose raised rates earlier this year. They did again this time. They said they're likely to do it at least one more time, and then a half a percent, and then kind of take a look around and see how things are going. So this is just one indicator. It doesn't mean that things are going to go down until then. Could be that way, though. Mm -hmm. Never, Nobody knows for sure. But let's talk a little bit about damage control if you're... Uh, yeah, or, or, what? To, here's what I, I'm thinking the listeners are thinking. Okay, everything sounds kind of bad, right? Down, down. What do I do about it? Or do I do anything? Well, you have to take a longer-term view, and, and that's a very good question as well. Sometimes the best thing to do is nothing. Um, but if you're nervous about it, what we've been doing for some clients, as an example, is, t is taking cash that they'll need for the fif next 15 months or so and putting that just in cash so that they know that they'll have their distributions during this volatile time. Not for everybody, but that's a suggestion. And that means you bail out somewhat in a down market. Uh, but does that mean you know, you're locking in lo losses, but that means you can be more aggressive with the part that isn't in cash. So that's a strategy. But anybody newly retired, um, feel like this is the worst timing in the wor world. The financial industry has a name for that scenario. It's called sequence of return. What that means is that you know you can average five percent over the life of the the uh, your investment account. But if you start in a negative, down 15, 20%, that's called sequence of return. And that means you start out with the first sequence is down. That's it's like the Packers being down in Tampa Bay tomorrow by 24 points. But do, do they ever recover? See, exactly. historically, the stock market has always recovered. They're not going to recover from that. No, a field goal <laughs> by Mason Crosby and then another field goal, you know, it's yeah. going to take forever to get back to even, to get back to 24. Now, am I saying the Packers are going to lose? I'm concerned. Sequence of return is less of a risk for, for somebody who's further along in retirement, he said, ignoring Paul's comments about the Packers. <laughs> I picked up on that. Yeah. Um, but if you're further along in retirement, if you've had a good year, a couple of good years like 2020, 2021 were great years in the market. Despite the coronavirus, the market's recovered so nicely. And they recovered fast after they, COVID, they did. right? I don't think people are as convinced that this administration knows what they're doing and that the market's going to recover quickly. I'm <laughs> that, just guessing. The understatement of the day. Yeah, no, no um, don't blame me. I didn't vote for him. Yeah. I, I heard people say that. Is it just Biden's fault, the administration's fault alone? No, but I think the policies they 
they may certainly play into it. But yes, absolutely. But what do you do now that, that now that you're into it? Now that your account is down, what do you do? Well, again, it has to do with sequence of returns. If you're in it for a while, you can get more conservative. Um, uh, the the analyst from uh, Voya Investments uh, says uh, they've run sequence of return simulations for every year dating back to 1977, including some of the worst years in memory. The key message investors should take away from this research is that don't shift to an all-cash portfolio. Getting out entirely. Don't get, don't get out entirely. Imagine when things do, and they will, Jeff. They always do. The stock market has a history. It's always cyclical. It goes up. It goes down. The market will go back up. You again. look at the last hundred years, and everybody wants to say, "Yeah, but this time is different." But you had World War One, you had World War Two, you had the Korean War, you had mortgage collapse, you had tech bubble, you had all different you had things. Jimmy Carter in the seventies and yep. inflation, and everybody will say, "Yeah, but this time is different." Every time we've had a twenty percent correction, it's been caused by something different. Remember, when COVID hit, and people said, "This is different. We've well, never had a pandemic like this." Yep, and the re- market recovered, and then some. They're talking about the. Financial crisis began in 2007, was down 53% during that time. Dot-com crash was down 36% in 2000. Black Monday in 1987 was down 53%. Uh, 33%. Mm. Again, the, the message is, first of all, don't bail. Uh, don't get out of the market completely. If, if you need to get more conservative because of... Or your risk tolerance, that's okay, but don't bail completely because the market can shift quickly. The Fed could come out and say, you know, we've assessed this and the market's starting to look good. I doubt it. But let's say that that Fed comes out and says that, that could turn the markets abruptly. And if you've pulled out completely, you're lost. Um, calculating how long those savings would last uh, after a sizable loss, loss for the first year of retirement. Assuming an initial 4% withdrawal rate and long-term annualized return of 5%, the portfolio that lost 25% in the first year still lasts 40 years. Mm. So you have to, what we do in our office is a cash flow projections. So was, and we use what's called a bad timing scenario. So we say, what if we duplicate 2008 and 2009? Where, well, just said here, where it dropped 53%, 51.93% at that time. So let's say we duplicate that and then it starts averaging 5% after that. How long is your money going to last? And this says it still lasts 40 years. Emotions drive many of our decisions we make in our life, don't they? Oh, it sure does. But do you, especially in retirement, you have to look at the long term. You mentioned this last week when we were talking, Paul. You said that it's likely that you could be living as long in retirement as you were working. So, you know, if you work for 35 years, you could potentially be retired for 35 years if you retire at age 60 or 62. It's a long time, Jeff. That's a long time. So. We're living longer as Americans, and you know that lifespan's just going to get longer and longer and longer. Well, if we get past this, this fentanyl crisis, that's likely to happen again. But fentanyl is actually causing the, the the life expectancies to decline over the last couple of years. That's a different issue. COVID and fentanyl have, has changed that life expectancy yes. by a year or two, right? Yes. So, but that, that's but that sad. Looked, that's but really that will, sad. That's very sad. But that will turn around again, as you mentioned. Technical advances, medical advances. We're going to have longer life expectancies. So why look at 
a short period of time now when the market's down 15 to 20 percent since you retired when you had the whole rest of your life to look at and that's the thing that we ask our clients to remember is that this is just a very short time and you look I mean, if you're a faithful person you look at this time on earth compared to eternity I mean that's that's the, that's really putting in perspective Jeff. those are types of things now this is nothing this has you can't compare this to eternity and the great life we're going to have there. But you can look at the, the small period of time now compared to all the time you're going to be in retirement. And if it's if it's down, it's not good that it's down 15 to 20%. But you have another 30 or 35 years. Yeah, but um, there were years just it was two years ago, Jeff, that people were saying, I'm up 22%. I'm up 24%. That's unheard of. That's fantastic. Then the next year, I'm up 20%. So, But we're likely to have years like that again. In the future. Right. That's, that's my point. It goes up. It goes up. It can continue to go up and up. It's got to correct eventually. Yes. And this is a good correction, a really good one. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> since some. the market eventually recovered, the average bear market lasts 289 days. So that's about almost you know, a little over a year. year yeah. uh, according to investment website Seeking Alpha. The pandemic pandemic was a perfect example. Those who cashed out mid, missed the sudden rebound. Exactly what you said, Paul. So what do you do? Make your own luck. If cashing out now is the worst thing, what can you do? First of all, you can reduce your withdrawal rate. If you're really nervous about it, um, you know you can pull less money out. Uh, again, you, you're you're not using a hundred percent of your money. If you look at it, most people are using about 4 to 5% of their money. You're not using 100% of it. So 95% of it can still potentially recover. I think we, was it last week, John White and Aaron Spitzner, I think, hosted the show with me. And we talked about not touching your principal. You know, is it is it that your goal, to just live off the interest? Well, everybody's got a different scenario. Everybody's life is different. But, Jeff, you're right. We can, no matter how well off you are, or your savings can be higher than your you know, the average, I guess, uh, you can curtail your spending. Well, this is a good example because if uh, if, you're port- if you had a $2 million portfolio at the beginning of the year, you were taking out 4%, that's $80,000 a year. If it dropped 20%, you're at a million six now. From $2 million, you're down to a million six. 4% of that means that you would reduce your, your income from $80,000 to $64,000. So you would reduce your income. So that's one thing that you could potentially do. Another one is tap non-market assets. Uh, It's like borrowing cash value from a life insurance policy. So instead, you're leaving those assets as they are. But if you have cash value in a life insurance policy, may want to look at that. They suggest maybe looking at a reverse mortgage. Um, you know, where you pull equ- a reverse mortgage is where your home is paid off, nearly paid off. You've got a lot of equity, and the only time you're going to pull equity out of that house is when you die. Well, let's see if you can pull some out early. That's a reverse mortgage. Now, are these last resorts? Is this only that if I might really be more need of it? a last resort? I think that that is more of a last resort. But they are. If you if you say I don't want to touch my money at all, what can I do? A reverse mortgage. That is an option, especially. Yeah, think about it. Cash values from a life insurance policy are a possibility. Yeah, makes sense to me, Jeff. Uh, We're well into the show, and I have not given out your elevator speech. That's my job. I'm sorry, Paul. No, that's Uh, my bad. I got to do this real quick. You have a new location. The Kowal Investment Group is now in Heartland. In addition, world headquartered in Waukesha. Port Washington, great Ozaukee County location, uh, right in Port Washington. Also in Racine, uh, at the Highway 20 exit, right off the freeway. 
Freeway, Phoenix, Arizona as well. So, Jeff, if you want to meet with clients via Zoom, phone call, or at the location, it all works for you. That's right. If you're close to already in retirement with $750,000 or more in retirement assets and you're serious about your retirement planning, we address all aspects of retirement planning, the cash flow projections, taxes, estate planning. We look at long-term care. That's a type of thing that can derail an otherwise successful retirement plan. We address all areas of planning to make sure that, again, this is a sweet spot of what we do. We look at preserving your assets, growing them, taking income from it, and passing it on to your heirs. That's what we do at the Kowal Investment Group. If that describes you at your interest, give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or go online at thekowalway.com. That's K-O-W-A-L. Uh, both you and your son, Aaron, the president of the Koal Investment Group, named to the Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor list for 2022. Congrats to you and Aaron, and actually congrats to your whole staff because you are celebrating 35 years of service this year at the Koal Investment Group. That's huge. Yeah, it's in, uh, was it, 21 years of doing this radio show, too. That, that's almost, Last, that's almost as good as 35. Yeah. 35 years. Yeah, we'll so never catch you, up, will we? No, <laughs> likely not, Paul. Your math is really good. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, 35 years. We're very proud of that. Uh, there aren't a lot of companies that have been specialized in retirement planning for that long a period of time, and we have been since day one. So there are others that do a lot of stuff for their clients. They say, oh, you're retiring? Yes, we do that, too. That's been the focus for the last 35 years. We manage uh, about a billion dollars of assets for our clients. So we were used to handling large amounts of money for our client, for the benefit of our clients. And again, with the objective is to preserve it, grow it, take income from it, and pass it on to your heirs. Your website, thekowalway.com. We mentioned Aaron before. He will be joining us right after this break on WISN with the Boss segment. Also after that, a special segment that we'll talk about after we hear from Aaron. Uh, there's two Aarons, Aaron Spitzner, Aaron Kowal, and both of them are coming up. Jeff Kowal is here, of course, the founder of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. And along the way, if you want to chime in with a text or a phone call, use that Acunet line, 799-1130 at WISN, the Acunet Mortgage Line, featuring Garth Brooks bumper music all morning, chosen by Jeff. Pretty exciting, huh? Let's <laughs> crank it up, Spencer. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. Saving for retirement is a priority that is often moved to the back burner, especially amid times of crisis or financial disruption. Small business owners are no exception to this. In fact, they are among the Americans most likely to fall behind on retirement savings. According to a recent study, 37% of small business owners say they aren't confident they are saving enough for retirement. Many business owners consider it a priority to invest back into their business rather than invest any excess cash into a long-term tax-deferred retirement plan, which can't take a toll on future financial goals. If you have fallen behind on retirement savings or not feeling confident that you will have enough, there are some steps you can take to close the gap. First, put in at least 10% of your income into a retirement account, if you can. Generally, saving 10 to 15% of your earnings over a 40-year career should allow you to maintain the same standard of living in retirement. Next, cut back in your budget and redirect that money to savings. A small move to cut some current expenses can give your retirement plan an added boost. Lastly, talk to us at Kowal Investment Group about your investment portfolio. Our team of fiduciary advisors are here to help. 
we will work with you to examine your current situation and assess if you could take more risk. While a volatile market may not seem like the best environment to invest in, you may actually be able to take advantage of underpriced funds and, and opportunities you otherwise wouldn't have. If you're not sure where to start or if you need some advice, we are here to help. Give us a call today at 262-522-4040. That was Aaron Kowal, the boss segment we do each week. It's about business owners, their savings, their security, about owning your retirement, not just your business. A lot of people, Jeff, and I th- I think it's fine. It depends on your age. But you buy a business, you get involved, you're cash strapped. And you look at it, well, over the years, we'll start building equity. This business is my retirement plan. Yep. For a lot of people, that's the case. And this is really a difficult time. And this is the time when it shows where, you know, if you have all your wealth invested in a business and it's a difficult time and you're having trouble getting supplies or other things are going on, employees, um, a lot of times a retirement plan can be a fallback for so that you're not relying solely on the wealth in your business, although a lot of business owners do that. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit, Paul, because with your in planning coming up, um, there is an urgency. Um, you know, set up meetings, a lot of things. Spitzer, uh, Aaron Spitzer is going to come on next. Uh, talk a little bit about year in planning. Some things must be done before the end of the year. Qualified charitable distributions are a way to get money effectively out of retirement plans on a tax-efficient method. Spitz is going to talk about that and things you need to look out for. Let's hear from Aaron Spitzner. Good morning, Jeff and Paul. Um, As we get to the fourth quarter, uh, which is coming up pretty quick here, a lot of clients and a lot of listeners out there are thinking about uh, their required minimum distributions and their tax situation as we wind down the year. And I wanted to share with everyone a quick uh, article that was put together by Ed Slott and his team uh, that talk about the four qualified charitable distribution rules that may surprise you. First and foremost, uh, what the heck is a qualified charitable distribution, otherwise known as a QCD? You'll hear that a lot throughout this, uh, this segment here. Uh, the qualified charitable distribution is a way for you to move funds out of your IRA to a qualifying charity, income tax-free. Typically, this transaction, as you take funds out of your IRA, is taxable to you. Uh, But using this strategy, you're able to move the money directly from your IRA to a charity without paying income tax on it. But here are four rules that may surprise you and you may want to take note of. First and foremost, you must be age 70 and a half or older to take advantage of this. So IRA owners who are age 70 and a half and over are eligible to do a qualified charitable distribution, which on the surface sounds pretty easy, right? Well, there's a li- it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, the qualified charitable distribution is only allowed if the distribution is made on or after the date you actually attain age 70 and a half. So it can't be in the year in which you turn 70 and a half. You actually have to be age 70 and a half or older to take advantage of this. Very important to take note of that as it's a little bit different than some other uh, retirement planning rules. Uh, Second here, the qualified charitable distributions are not limited to just IRA owners. Uh, If you are an uh, IRA beneficiary, you may also do this type of a transaction and the same rules apply. You must be age 70 and a half or older at the time the qualified charitable distribution is done. Number two, not all retirement account funds are available for qualified charitable distributions. 
You may take a qualified charitable distribution from your traditional IRA or your Roth IRA. Qualified charitable distributions are also permitted from SEP and simple IRAs that are not ongoing. So in other words, a SEP and a simple IRA plan is ongoing or active if an employer contribution is made for the plan within the calendar year in which the charitable contribution would be made. So you got to be a little bit more careful with those employer plans uh, with the SEP and Simple and make sure that it's not an active plan if you want to take advantage of these uh, qualified charitable distributions. And also you may not take a qualified charitable distribution from your employer plan like a 401k. So that is uh, rule number two. The third thing we want to look out for is there is an annual limit. So qualified charitable distributions are capped at $100,000 per person per year. If you are married, you and your spouse can each contribute up to $100,000 from your IRAs. If you withdraw more than $100,000 from your IRA to contribute to a charity, you may not carry over the excess to a future year. So you can do a qualified charitable distribution for the first $100,000 of the distribution and the remaining amount will be treated as a taxable distribution. So if you do $150,000, the first $100,000 is going to be treated, if you do it properly as a qualifying charitable distribution and not taxed, the next $50,000 would be subject to tax. Um, However, You can take a charitable deduction for the amount over $100,000 if you itemize deductions and otherwise qualify for it. So something to be aware of there in terms of limits. And number four, a qualified charitable distribution must be done as a direct transfer. Now, this is where sometimes people get a little bit uh, um, confused. So you want to make sure that this transaction is done via direct transfer from your IRA to the charity. So you should instruct the IRA custodian, or in other words, the place where you have your money invested, whether it be like a Fidelity, Schwab, TD Ameritrade, a company like that, you wanna instruct them to make the distribution check payable to the charity of your choice. If that check is made payable to you directly and then deposited into your bank account and then you write a check from your bank account, guess what? You screwed up the whole transaction, and you're going to have to pay taxes on it. We want to make sure that that check is made payable directly to the charity of your choice, and it goes straight to them. If you follow that process, uh, then you would be uh, consider you would qualify for the qualified charitable distribution. So, just a quick recap here: um, the four rules that may surprise you. Number one, you must be age 70 and a half or older. Number two, not all retirement account funds are available for qualified charitable distributions. Number three, there is an annual limit. And number four, a qualified charitable distribution must be done as a direct transfer and payable to the charity of your choice. So that's all uh, we have here for the four qualified charitable distribution rules that may surprise you. If you have other questions or concerns regarding this type of a transaction, feel free to give our office a call at 262-522-4040 or visit us at thecowalway.com and we'd more than, be more than happy to help, help you out uh, with this type of a transaction that can save you on your taxes as we approach year end. 
Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day. Thank you, Aaron Spitzer. That's a good segment, Jeff, and you've got some comments and reactions. Sure. The key thing that he said was that with a qualified charitable distribution, it starts at age 70 and a half. So if your birthday was in April or May, you you can't do it yet. You 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 can't do it until seventy and a half. So May would be September. Uh, 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 April would be October. May would be October. Right. May, June, July, August, September, October. Anyway, five, to ten, five months. November. So it's it's seventy and a half. So you have to wait till November to do it. You can't do it now. It's not the year you turn seventy and a half. You have to be seventy, 70 and, and a half. half. Yeah. Yes. So that that is just so. And since we started this show, we've talked about the yeah. There's fifty nine and a half, seventy and a half. They they kind of corrected this with required minimum distribution, saying age seventy two. That's great, but they kept this rule at seventy and a half. And again, it's not the year you turn seventy and a half; it's the day you turn seventy and a half. Yep. Yeah, you've made it clear since we started this show that you think somebody in Congress had it. Yeah. <laughs> Just somebody made it up because of their birthday. That's right, because it affected them. Yep. Uh, we talk about year-end planning. There is some urgency with the qualified charitable distributions. Set up a meeting with us. Some of these things must be done by end of the year. Tax loss harvesting. Tax Loss harvesting must be done before the end of the year. Roth conversions must be done. You can't say, well, no, I have until April 15th. You do not with Roth conversions. So there are some of these things that must be done before the end of the year. Going back to the to what we were talking about earlier, Paul, is if you retired into a recessionary time or if you started the year, a couple other things that you can do, uh, invest conservatively to start. In other words, if you're retiring now, you're saying, I don't know where the markets are going to go. You don't have to put it all on red. You don't have to be overly aggressive. Um, you know, I think with the market being down, there might be some opportunities now, but I still think there's going to be some volatility. So it's something to remember if you plan to retire at some future date after the market has recovered. Um, again, you can be a little bit more conservative. Another thing is you can delay retirement. If you haven't retired yet and you can keep working, you could wait for your portfolio to recover a little bit. You would avoid spending down your savings at a low point and could invest some of those earnings now at bargain prices. So if you have the opportunity to delay retirement, that might be a good thing to do. Last thing is that um, uh, review your plan. In stressful times, it's worth asking us or somebody else to assess your retirement plan. A well-designed plan should be able to handle volatility in the markets. Um, and the discussion might be just help relieve some anxiety that you have. That you say, okay, I've lost money in the market on paper. You know, when you look at your statement, it's real. I've lost money. Do I still have enough money to last till for the rest of my life in retirement? Put a pencil to it. Let's let us do a cash flow projections for you, taking into account taxes, taking into account estate planning, taking into account not just the cash flow but also taxes. What you uh, can do again before the end of the year, taking into account estate planning, so that you you don't have unintended beneficiaries and your assets don't go somewhere else that you don't want them to go. So again, it's difficult retiring in this recessionary time, but there are things that you can do and you have to pay attention to it. It is the Retirement Clinic hosted by Jeff Kowal, founder of the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. I'm Paul Cronforst with Jeff. This show is on every Saturday. We're live at 10 o'clock. A couple of questions, Jeff. I will start. We have a text and we have a phone call. The text, and we're going to do these quick because we... We do have the sexy segment coming up soon, Wealth Management and Preservation. That'll be a good one, too. This is a quick text, Jeff. 
And it says, Jeff, what is the price range for a nursing home? Well, that, that's a very good question. There are different levels of care as well. There's assisted living where you would stay in your home, have somebody come in. There are nursing home. Um, um, I think the range right now is around $8,000 to $12,000 a month for nursing home. <laughs> I thought you, I knew it wasn't a year. No, it's, so it's You're a talking month. over six figures a year. Yes, but if you need memory care, I mean, that could be pretty pricey. That could be $15,000 to $20,000 a month because that's, that's extended care for sure. But uh, home health care, assisted living is, uh, home health care is the first one I refer to. Assisted living, those are different levels of care. A lot of people don't like to go into a nursing home. The average stay in a nursing home is about 3.2 years. So you have to be prepared for that. The well, that, range that is, that's interesting. And the average stay in general, is 3.2 yeah, years. The range in general is around eight to $12,000 a month. Um, it, there is insurance you can buy, right? Long-term care planning, stuff like that. But yeah. mo- most Americans, I think, uh, it's becoming more and more popular, and we have a way to do it that I think is more is more unique with a hybrid type of approach to it. A lot of people don't like doing it because you're, it's like auto insurance. If you use it, uh, if you need it, you, it'll pay out. If you don't, you just waste all the but, money. But you have to have it. But you, you, but the hybrid, you have to address it. The hybrid approach addresses it, where you where you get money, regardless of whether you know your chances of dying are hundred percent. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So if you you might get paid out either during your lifetime if you need it for a long-term care event or at death. And we think that approach is a better approach. Jeff Kowal here. Now, we've let's take a call quick before the break. Been hanging on hold. Matt's calling from Heartland. You're on WISN with Jeff Kowal. Good morning, Matt. Hi, Matt. Good morning, gentlemen. First off, I love your show. I listen to our near every Saturday. So thank you. No, thank you very much. A lot. My pleasure. My question, and I hope it's not silly, um, if, if you're currently working with a financial planner, and I'm getting, I'm about four or five years out from retirement, does working with COAL mean moving everything from my current financial advisor over to COAL? That's a good question. Generally, it does. Um, if you're not happy or if they're not specialists in retirement planning, and we are, it'd be hard for us to manage assets somewhere else. So a lot of times, sometimes that's impossible because of uh, perhaps surrender charges and annuities or uh, a penalty you'd pay. Well, we don't want you to pay penalties. So maybe you would be able to keep some assets somewhere else. But for the most time, for the most part, it's most efficient. And that's really one of the big reasons why we see people is, is that they want to consolidate their assets, especially as they head into retirement. Retirement, instead of having them at several different places, they have a one place. We address the taxes, we address the, state, the estate plan, the cash flow projections, the rollover. So we, we're very sensitive to the taxes that you pay on that as well. So again, it, 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 if you if you are concerned about your retirement, it makes sense to have it all one. Eventually, you'll, you'll see that it makes sense to consolidate. Are you uh, near retirement, Matt? About four, about five four, years four to five oh. years. Yeah. Well, you know, that's getting there. Um, I would urge you to call and talk to somebody off air. You can Absolutely. go in depth and have a conversation. For anybody listening, same thing goes. It's 262-522-4040 for the Kowal Investment Group. Matt, thank you for the call yeah, today. If you want to give our office a call, I'd be happy to talk with you. Thanks, Thanks. Dylan. Appreciate it. You bet, Matt. Uh, Good question. I'm sure that pertains to a lot of people. If you do want to switch, it happens every day, Jeff. People switch advisors. People switch doctors. People switch dentists. People change jobs. Well, especially as you're approaching this, it makes a lot of sense to switch to the Coal Investment Group. As as, Again, as the retirement specialist, this is a sweet spot of what we do, and I think we can be very helpful in that area. So a quick break for the retirement clinic.
There it is. And I never asked Jeff. Usually we tease the sexy segment, like, what's it about this week? It's always about wealth management and preservation, but I, I forgot to ask you, so let's just jump right to it, Jeff. Sounds good. Well, after you're dead, you can't explain it. That's kind of the gist of it, that... Um, if you are going, if if you have beneficiaries, you have kids, you have, especially in a blended family, and you're not, everybody's not going to get the same amount of money. You can't come back later and say, "Well, this is why I did what I did." So there's a kind of a takeoff point with that, with the with this Barron's article in a 1964 episode of Twilight Zone. A group of sniveling siblings await the death of their wealthy father. They covet the riches they're about to inherit, but the old man has the last word. Before he dies, he asks his heirs to wear special masks that leave a lasting and ghastly mark. It's a tale of a greed gone awry. The show touches on the common predicament that people are waiting for money, and then what happens is that they don't get anything out of it. So he's referring to Twilight Zone. It just, this can't be real. They distribute the assets unequally. Perhaps they designate one of the heirs to receive a disproportionate amount of money, stoking resentment among the others. So if one gets more money than the others. So, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, there are things that are predictable if you can control this and then communicate it. The article goes on to say, we always tell people that to tell their kids in advance what they want to do. A lot of times, parents want to give more money to a less advantaged child. That's okay, but they have to explain it to the whole family. After you're dead, you can't explain no, it. No, unless you, you leave a video or some note or something. That's Why right. not do it while you're alive? And you have the opportunity, and there may be good reason. It, and What we often tell our clients is it doesn't have to. It, 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 you want it to be fair, but it doesn't have to be equal. You almost got to think that through. Fair, but it, not equal. It doesn't have to be. Each one doesn't yeah. have to get exactly the same amount. And as long as the siblings understand and are communicated. Yep. They, they use one example here where a husband directed the bulk of his estate to his second son with the second and current wife. That left his first son out of the picture. Oh, boy. So the second wife gets more than the, the actual second wife son. And the second son, and his first son was left out. Um, he said, we encouraged them to discuss their wishes with the children. As it turned out, the second wife did not want the first son to, to stew in anger. So she came up with an idea. She changed her own will so that her first son would inherit one thing, and her, the second son would hire would. So they would split up the beneficiary at the second death, at her death, they'd split it up. So he was happy with that. But so many issues come up that have nothing to do with money. Um, Navigating an unequal distribution of assets gets tougher with blended families. Second or third marriages introduces more opportunities for conflict, conflict to erupt among the heirs. Again, equally, equal doesn't necessarily mean fair. And, um, you know, if, it, if somebody wants to leave more money to a child with special needs, as an example, they might propose that they explore setting up a special needs trust for that purpose. And there I would think everybody in the family, how could you disagree with that, right, as an approach? Well, you can because there are some, and you have to be very careful with this. And some of the good attorneys that we work with, I'll tell, and you know, my brother and my sister-in-law have had experience with it, where you have to be careful how 
they inherit money because there are some government benefits that they lose out on if you, if it's not set up properly. I see what you're saying. Some social security, some other benefits that they may be entitled to, but lose out. But if lose they out have, if they have yeah. a couple bucks sent to them. But you so, know, um, if you don't mind, a text just came in addressing your topic, and it, you you have to see the Clint Eastwood movie Grand Torino to understand. this. Well, I did see that. Oh, yeah. okay. So you saw the ending where the the will is being read, right? Here it is. The guy goes, Paul, what Jeff is talking about, the end of the movie Grand Torino, the useless children get nothing. <laughs> yeah. Remember the face on that spoiled little teenage yeah. girl? That was, when they give that's the a while ago that I've kid? seen that, but that was such a great movie, too. It's, it was Clint Eastwood. He's yep. so good. As an actor and a director. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, anyway, you, you want to avoid knee-jerk reactions you want you know that's why we always talk to our clients about planning it out in advance and a lot of times it's a difficult conversation with blended families but you at least want to say have them sit down with an attorney that is experienced with this and talking these things through and say what would be the ideal situation then what you have to do is reduce it to writing because talking about thinking about doesn't get it done you have to reduce it to writing and that's where a lot of these great estate planning attorneys come in because they can reduce it to writing so plan in advance. Don't leave it to chance. Uh, communicate to your family and see Gran Torino. Oh, good. Please see <laughs> if you haven't seen that movie. Is it politically correct? Oh no, no. There is some terms in there, but you know it's Clint Eastwood. It's what he does. It's an excellent movie. It is so good. It's a must see. Uh, Jeff, we, we're getting some nice texts today too. That was a great segment, the sexy segment. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back with more information. In the meantime, if you want to reach out to the Cowal Investment Group, real simple. Remember the website, the Cowal Way. TheCowalWay.com. You can call 262-522-4040. That's for all locations. Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Racine, and the new location in Heartland, 262-522-4040. Jeff Kowal is here, and I'm Paul Kronforst on WISN. Finishing with kind of a downer for a Garth Brooks song. <laughs> the Dance is the other slow song I like by, by Garth. Good stuff today, Jeff. What a busy show. We got a lot of texts. We tried to answer that in a couple phone calls that we took. But as we wrap up the retirement clinic, we're back, of course, next Saturday, 10 o'clock. Founder of the Kowal Investment Group is Jeff Kowal. Of course, you hear Jeff, his staff, do the market updates Monday through Friday, twice a day, 3 p.m., 5 o'clock, news block, doing the Mark Belling Show. But certainly, the com is a good start. Yes, absolutely. Again, if you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, are close to already in retirement. But some of the things that the, the callers were calling about and texting us about are things you know you think we got you have all kinds of time to do it we're near year end already and a week and a half will be in in october there's only three months left in the year you and some of the things there is a sense of urgency they have to be done by the end of the year things like uh, tax loss harvesting roth conversions other things must be done by the uh, qualified charitable distributions like Spitz was talking about, must be done by the end of the year. So we've got to do some planning leading up to that. If you're a do-it-yourselfer that's tired of doing it yourself, tired of getting whipped around in this market, give us a call, get on our schedule. If you have assets scattered all over, like one of our clients mentioned, um, or one of our callers mentioned, um, it, it, time to consolidate, especially as you head into retirement, especially as you head towards uh, uh, RMDs, required minimum distribution. So give our office a call. Yeah, end of the year stuff that's critical, very important. Well, investment group at 262 522 4040, the call.
colwellwade.com. Thank you, Jeff. Have a great weekend. Thanks, you too, Paul. Thanks for tuning in to WISN Milwaukee.